This is Anthony Morganti. Welcome to my podcast for the joy of photography. In this episode, I'm going to wade neck deep into the so-called DSLR mirrorless camera debate. And quite frankly, I'm surprised we're still having this debate because, in my opinion, mirrorless is the wave of the future. And actually, for many of you, the future is already here. You've been shooting mirrorless cameras for some time. But there are a large segment of photographers that are still shooting DSLRs, and they're reluctant, for whatever reason, to move over to a mirrorless system. Well, I'm going to talk about it in this video, why I think mirrorless is the wave of the future and some of the advantages you have shooting mirrorless and maybe some of the disadvantages you might have as well. And to start out, just let me say, I'm not one of those people that like will knock a brand, meaning, you know, you see it all the time. It's been happening for years. Uh, Canon shooters knock Nikon shooters. Like, how could you shoot Nikon? And Nikon shooters made fun of Canon shooters. Nowadays, you see Nikon and Canon shooters picking on Sony shooters. Like, why are you shooting Sony? It's garbage, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, that to me, that's all baloney. Uh, all the camera manufacturers, no matter whoever it is, you could Olympus, Fuji, Panasonic, Pentax, Sony, Nikon, Canon, and all the ones I didn't mention, they all put out good product. In order for them to compete in today's marketplace, they have to put out good product. And because the competition is so keen, we're seeing great innovation. And you're seeing that every new model that is released has a lot of new features that weren't available in previous models. So it doesn't matter what brand you're shooting currently, it just know that it's a good thing that we have this competition. And it's a good thing that maybe you're shooting a Canon camera, but there's an Icon model that's a little better than you, yours for the same price. It only means Canon's going to leapfrog that one with their next release. So don't get all caught up in that. I was always looking at it like what my camera didn't have as opposed to my camera's better than your camera. Meaning when I first became a professional, I was doing a lot of weddings and specific types of portraiture that required a medium format camera. And I shot a Mamiya medium format film camera, mainly because that was affordable. And I couldn't afford the Hasselblad that I really relished and really wanted. So I would look at my Mamiya and compare it to that Hasse. And I'd say, oh, Hasselblad's a lot better than my camera. And it wasn't like I'm making fun of them or anything. I wanted the better camera. In my mind, why it, you know, it happened to be better, at least for whatever reason, I thought it was a better camera. Then, when I got into 35mm film photography, again, because of affordability, I purchased Canon. Because in those days, Canon film cameras and Canon lenses were cheaper than Nikon. And... I really coveted Nikon. I thought the Nikons were better. And even today, I shoot, you know, I got a Nikon D850, but there's a lot of features of a Canon camera. There's a lot of features of Sony cameras that I covet. And I wish my Nikon had. So, you know, that's, I guess, what I look at. I look at the other cameras and I see what's better in them and I wish my camera had. But I know in the next release, whatever comes after the Nikon D850 someday, it will have those features probably in it. So, Competition is good. Uh, it spurs innovation. 
and uh, helps us all have better equipment. Now, as far as mirrorless is concerned, kind of Sony has led the way, and mainly that I think they've led the way is because they were full-frame mirrorless. They do have um, crop sensor mirrorless cameras, too, that are excellent, but they're full-frame mirrorless cameras, and because they were relatively affordable, too, I think that helped them kind of lead the way. Now, there are great cameras, again, by Fuji, Olympus, uh, Panasonic that are, you know, and others that are uh, crop sensor mirrorless cameras, and they work great. Many of you know I have Fuji. I have a couple different Fuji bodies. I have six or seven different Fuji lenses. I think they work great. Um, but I really think that as far as professional is concerned, you're probably going to want to go with full frame, and I think probably a Sony would be advantageous over the Fujifilm or Olympus or something like that. Now, most people want to move to mirrorless because it is just so much lighter. It's so much smaller. It's easier to uh, carry around. Uh, the, the DSLRs are just, of course, you know, very big. Lenses are very big, big and heavy. Uh, generally speaking, you could do most everything, every type of photography with a mirrorless camera nowadays that you could do with a DSLR. Maybe sport and wildlife photography a DSLR still has the advantage. Uh, I think that's mainly probably because, uh, you know, like a 600 millimeter lens or a 150 to 600 zoom lens, those lenses are so big and heavy, they're just better balanced on a bigger bodied camera. But I think what you'll see in the future is innovation come to the lenses where you're going to see smaller size long focal length lenses. So you're going to see like a 500 millimeter lens drop way down in size and be a better match for a smaller mirrorless camera and make it more balanced. Uh, so I think it's coming. I mean, you saw the uh, face Fresno lens, 500 millimeter five face Fresno lens by Nikon. It's pretty small, although it's a, it's a DSLR lens. It, it's way smaller. It's just a little bit bigger than like a 70 to 200 millimeter lens. So you're going to see that technology uh, come become available with the mirrorless uh, cameras. And I think the ergonomics will change for the lenses as well. So they're better balanced onto the mirrorless system. Other than that, still, I think mirrorless is just, you know, overall at least as good in many ways as DSLRs and in many ways better, uh, mainly because it's smaller and lighter to carry around. Um, now, you know, headlines have been uh, dominated lately because of Canon's new um, full-frame mirrorless camera system and Nikon's new full-frame mirrorless camera system. And I'm going to talk a little bit more specifically about those and how they match up with the latest Sony uh, mirrorless system, which is uh, the Sony a7R three, which is, um, well, it's a great camera. Um, Overall, in my opinion, again, it doesn't matter who you go for, but when people ask me what they should get and they don't have a lot of money invested in any system yet, in the past, I would always tell them to get either Canon or Nikon. And the reason why I did that is because aftermarket product was abundant for Canon and Nikon. You had Tamron, Sigma, and Tokina and other aftermarket lens manufacturers would always come out with new lenses 
that had either a cannon mount and a Nikon mount on them. So you had a lot more choices. Not only that, you had TTL flash units available for Canon and Nikon, but from aftermarket third, you know, third party um, manufacturers. And even like simple things like um, uh, shutter releases and things were available for Canon and Nikon. And you wouldn't find, let's say, Pentax, which makes an excellent camera, there wouldn't be, you wouldn't see the Tamron lens come with a Pentax mount, or you will be hard pressed to find a TTL lens from a third-party manufacturer that worked with a Pentax camera. You had to buy Pentax lenses, you're kind of limited to those, and you were limited to Pentax accessories, which, of course, cost a little more. So that's why I would recommend that if you don't have any money or have very little money invested in the system already, then you go with Nikon and or Canon. That was then. Now, if you would ask me those questions, I would say go with Canon, Nikon, or Sony. And if you want to go mirrorless, despite the new releases from Canon and Nikon, if you want to go mirrorless and you're going to invest now, go with Sony. They've been in the market longer. They... um their cameras are a little more mature and have a few more critical features, in my opinion, that the Nikon and or the Canon do not have yet. Yet. And I'm sure Canon and Nikon will get those features. I'll talk more about that in a moment. Now, so today I would recommend still Canon, Nikon, or Sony. And Sony is now in that conversation because there are a lot of aftermarket lenses, third-party manufacturer lenses for Sony. There's TTL flash units from other manufacturers for Sony, at least I assume there is. Um, and there's gonna be a lot of other, more accessories available for Sony because they've made such a dent in the market. These third-party manufacturers, you know, it's profitable for them to create product for the Sony systems. So that's why they're in the conversation now as well. Now, as far as, you know, how they match up head-to-head -head as far as their um, mirrorless full-frame cameras, you know, some have some features another one doesn't have, and some might excel somewhere that the other one doesn't. And it really kind of comes down to choice now. Now, what I would recommend that if you are a Nikon shooter like I am, I have a lot of Nikon glass. I mean a lot. I have, I don't even know how many Nikon uh, lenses I have. The advantage of the Nikon mirrorless system is that they have an adapter available, which makes all that old glass work. And a lot of the third-party glass will work as well with that adapter. Uh, Tamron, Sigma lenses, not all of it. I've heard reports of a couple Tamron lenses that don't work. They won't autofocus or won't, uh, the exposure doesn't work with the uh, adapter. But on, on the whole, all the Nikon lenses will work this these are the dslr lenses will work on the nikon z6 and or z7 with the adapter so that's a huge advantage now they're limited now because there's not the specific mirrorless lenses made for those cameras canon and nikon there's not many available um nikon has like three or four out canon has a similar number they have a lens roadmap roadmaps they each release showing what new lenses will be coming out in 2019 2020 so it's going to take them a few years to even approach the number of lenses that are available for Sony. So that's why I, I recommend if you're going to go mirrorless and you don't have any money invested in any system right now, 
I suggest you probably go in your full frame mirrorless, go Sony. Now there's advantages to the crop sensor cameras for Olympus, Fuji, Panasonic, um, and whoever else I'm not coming to mind, I'm sure. Um, you know, Fuji, I like a lot, really small, really lightweight. I like the ergonomics of the Fuji. Um, I really like like the XT uh, one, two, and three, the dials, um, very easily accessed to, to, you know, change settings and things like that. So that's why I like, uh, Fuji Olympus, the little bit I've played with their cameras. I like the focus on those and I like the resolution, um, or, uh, I guess the, a better, I wouldn't say resolution cause that would confuse a technical term, but I would say that the, um, if I could think of a word, the, the, just the clarity of their images is like great. I, I really like that and appreciate that, uh, on their cameras, uh, Panasonic cameras on the whole for a beginner, I think are a little easier to use in general. Uh, they seem to be, you know, have, you know, so they all have advantages, disadvantages, um, doesn't matter. But as far as the full frame is concerned, we're still talking about three manufacturers, Canon, Nikon, and Sony. It's reported that in 2019, Panasonic is going to come out with two full frame mirrorless cameras. So again, this is going to add to the market. It's going to, uh, help, um, move along innovation. And you're going to see that the Newer releases that Canon and Nikon and Sony come out with are going to be better. They're going to have more innovation, uh, better features because of this competition. Now, with that said, so if you're a Nikon shooter and you have Nikon glass already, you probably should move over probably to the Nikon um, mirrorless, either Z6 or Z7, because your glass will work with the adapter on those cameras. Um, if you um, are Canon and you're used to the Canon menu system and you really don't want to learn a different menu system, you would probably prefer to go with the Canon. That's one thing that I had a problem with Sony. That's probably the only thing, uh, that I had a problem with Sony. I just, it took me a long time to understand their menu system. Their menu system is very complex in my opinion, compared to what I was used to. I'm used to Canon Nikon. Um, Nikon especially, and of course I'm used to Fuji too, but as far as full frame is concerned, I'm used to Canon Nikon. And the Sony took me a while to figure out what did what. Like, you know, when I took my first, uh, you know, sample, Sony sample out of a box, I think it was a, I forget which model it was. Um, I wanted to set it up so it was back button focus. It was difficult to figure out how to do that. And um, little things, you know, so this, the menu system, if you're starting from scratch, you know, go to Sony, you're going to learn that menu system. But if you're really used to, you've been shooting for Canon and Nikon or any other manufacturer for years, you may find the Sony menu system to be a little more confusing and difficult to learn. Uh, you know, but again, the quality of the sh pictures you'll be taking from the Sony, um, are going to be excellent. Now, just a little bit I've read, I haven't had the opportunity to use the Canon or Nikon mirrorless cameras yet, but the little bit I've read, it seems like that most photographers think the Nikon ergonomics are better than Sony or Canon. Uh, so if you're really, you know, into the ergonomics of a camera, uh, how it feels in your hand, where the controls are, where the back button might be to focus, things like that, the Nikon might be a better choice also. 
Now, spec-wise, there are considerable differences in the specs, and I'm just going to briefly talk about it, and we're going to just talk about pricing first real quick. And those of you that are watching the video, um, I'm going to be on a few different websites, and I have links in the show notes uh, for the websites. And the first one is a Photo District News website. It's just a really short article where they're comparing specs of the Nikon Z7, Canon EOS R, and the Sony A7R 3 Now, uh, first I'm going to jump down here to the price. Uh, because to me, that's you really got to, it's not comparing apples to apples here because there are, there are significant differences in price. Uh, not listed on any of these um, comparisons on this website is the Nikon Z6. So I'm going to add that very quickly. The Nikon Z6 is two grand. Uh, that's the cheapest of the four cameras. The next cheapest is the Canon EOS R that is $2,300. Then is the Sony A7R 3 that's three grand. And the Sony, or the, I'm sorry, the Nikon Z7 is $3,400. So the Nikon Z7 is considerably more money than the other three cameras. And, um, you know, just in general, it's going to cost you a lot more bucks. Now, as far as the sensor is concerned, which everyone gets hung up on, but to tell you the truth, the sensor megapixels isn't as important anymore. I'll explain in a moment. The, um, the Nikon Z6 is 24.5 megapixel. That's the lowest megapixel count of the four. Next is the Canon EOS R. That's 30.3. The Sony a7R 3 is 42. And the Nikon Z7 is 45.7. And the why I mentioned that megapixel isn't as important anymore. I mean, in the old days, in the beginning, in 2005, you know, uh, digital photography, uh, the megapixel, you could see a difference. Looking at your computer monitor, you could see the difference between the one that was like four megapixels and the one that was like eight megapixels. I mean, you could, you know, tell by looking at it. But now, uh, because of the technology and the software and processing the images and everything, it's you really it's hard to see the difference. But the higher the bigger megapixel camera will give you a higher resolution image. And with the higher resolution image, if you're printing it, you can make larger prints. Uh, so if you're making very large prints, you probably would prefer the Sony or the Nikon over the other two. Also, if you're an advertising photographer and your images are often getting blown up very large for billboards, sides of buses, you know, whatever, you're going to want a bigger or higher megapixel count sensor in your camera because that will help you with um, making ads that are very resolute. Now, ISO range, uh, now the Nikon, just to understand their two cameras, the Z6 is meant for more um, like focus speed and um, like low light sensitivity, whereas the Z7 is meant for, for just resolution. So like if you're a landscape photographer and you create very large prints, you're going to prefer the Z7. If you're an advertising photographer, portrait photographer, you might prefer the Z7. You're going to be shooting with a control, more controlled lighting, or at least embroider scenes at lower ISOs to get as resolute, high, um, you know, high resolution uh, image as possible. Uh, that's the difference between the Z6, where the Z6, again, is more for speed, um, you know, uh, focusing in darker light 
things like that. So difference between those two models, uh, the Sony a7R 3 leans more towards the Z7, so it's more resolution. Um, it does focus very well in lower light conditions, but it's not going to be as good as, let's say, the Canon EOS R, which focuses much better in low light conditions, at least in spec-wise. In real life, I don't know. I haven't used all four. So, um, you know, so they have different applications between these uh, four different cameras. You know, again, it really comes down to your personal style, what you usually shoot, uh, which one you'd rather use. If you're, if you're shooting in low light, uh, you probably shouldn't get a Z7. You probably should get an EOS R, um, if you're one of the other two even, uh, than the Z7. If you're, I've seen reports also that the Z7 uh, doesn't focus on moving objects quite as well. Um, that seems to be uh, an issue with a lot of photographers. So if you're doing a lot of, let's say, um, photography where your subject is moving through the frame, sport, action photography, wildlife photography where you're not shooting a stationary animal where the animal's moving, a flying bird or something, the Nikon Z7 might not work as well. That's why I personally don't like purchasing uh, the first iteration of a new camera, meaning like I, I don't, like the Z6, Z7, I won't get those. I'm going to wait till Nikon comes out with the next generation of the mirrorless camera, and then I'll probably buy that one. Not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure I'd buy that one because it's going to have more features than the Z6 or Z7, and anything that wasn't working quite right, which apparently is some of the focus issues with the Z7 in certain situations, I'm sure would probably be addressed and fixed in the next release. And that's why a lot of times I recommend Sony's better way to go because it's a more mature system. It's been in the, in, you know, for sale. Sony mirrorless cameras in general have been for sale a lot longer and they've fixed whatever issues they've encountered in, in most cases or addressed them at least. And, um, they seem to be feature wise, have some features that the other ones don't, uh, specifically, and I found this amusing when Nikon announced their cameras, Nikon users were really upset because mainly, uh, the cameras didn't have dual card slots, only has one card slot, um, XQD, uh, um, card slot. And whereas when you compare it with the Sony, there's two SD card slots and especially professional photographers, they use both card slots. The second card slot is used to, for backup because if one card goes bad, at least you'll have the backup, the images on backup. Whereas a lot of professionals are a little like leery of just shooting a camera with one card slot. If that card goes bad, you don't, you'll lose all your images. Now back in, it's hard for me to relate because in the days of film, I only had one roll of film in my camera. And if I screwed something up, it was screwed up, period. It was nothing I could do about it. So I'm personally not as um, upset that the camera has one, the Z6 and Z7 has one card slot. And also the Canon EOS R has one card slot. But the curious thing is the Canon users weren't all up in arms about some of the shortcomings of the Canon mirrorless camera compared to the Nikon users. Nikon users were mad. Uh, it didn't have um, um, eye autofocus, meaning if you're focusing or on a person, um, a lot of the cameras nowadays 
will pick the eye of a person and focus on the eye automatically. Uh, Canon and Nikon don't do it, at least in this Z6, Z7 EOS R. And the Nikon users were upset that it's not available. Canon, eh, no, no big deal. <laughs> um, video is definitely better in the Sony and Nikon cameras. Uh, the main thing, the problem with the video in the Canon camera, which was surprising, is it doesn't use the entire full frame sensor. It's going to use a 1.7x crop factor. And a lot of people that's um, going to produce video that's not usable because of that. They all shoot 4K video. It's just that the Canon video is cropped 1.7x. So uh, to me, that's, that's probably the worst and most disappointing feature of the Canon EOS R system because Canon has been known to have superior video, at least when compared to Nikon. And in this case, Nikon has that over them. Um, so um, all three cameras shoot log. You know, Nikon's is called N-Log, Canon is called C-Log, and Sony's is called S-Log. So, you know, they're all log files, which... Um, those that are into video understand what that means and it, it allows you to better uh, post-process the um, finished or the raw, I shouldn't say raw because it's not raw, the post-process the video file that is, a, that is uh, recorded. Um, battery life on mirrorless cameras is a disadvantage of mirrorless. It's usually not as much. There was a lot of, again, Nikon users were upset because it's listed at the Z6 and Z7 only get like 330 shots. Um, Canon uh, is comparable too, doesn't get as much, but Canon users didn't seem to be upset by that. The Sony a7R 3 gets 530 shots, so it gets a lot more. Now in real life, um, I'm reading reports that Nikon users are getting 800 shots, so they're getting a lot more in real life situations uh, with their Nikon cameras. Um, connectivity is all comparable between of them. And I mentioned that the um, memory cards, uh, you know, the Sony has two SD card slots. The Nikon has that one XQD card slot. XQD is a little more reliable than SD, a little more hardy physically, a little bit, you know, stronger of a card, but it costs more. It's a more costly card. Uh, the Canon EOS R just has one SD card slot. Uh, they are, they're all about the same weight. Uh, the Sony's just the lightest, just by, you know, tenth, a tenth of an ounce over the Canon. And the Nikon Z7 is just six ounces more, uh, 0.6 ounces heavier than that Sony. So they're all about the same. So uh, it really, you know, overall, you know, the, is like what, what Nikon has over Canon is in video Canon seems to have over Nikon in focus points, uh, let's say. Um, Canon has 5,655 manually selectable, selectable phase detect AF points. And whereas the Z7 has 493 hybrid phase, phase detect contrast detect points. So like more than 10 times less focus points in the Z7 compared to the EOS, EOS R. And the, um, I believe the, I'm um, going by memory here. I believe the Z6 has 273 hybrid phase detect contrast detect points. So that's even less. So, um, you know, and the, the Sony has 399. So the Canon seems to have a lot better as far as focus points. 
in real life with how they work. I haven't used uh, the cameras. I would probably suspect that you're not going to, in most instances on a stationary subject, not going to see a difference in focus capability between these four different cameras. Uh, again, as far as the Z7 is concerned, from what I'm reading in some, um, where the subject is moving through the frame, the Z7 sometimes has a hard time grabbing focus. Hopefully the next iteration of that model will improve and fix that issue because that's the, issue, the one I plan on buying. Now, another um, website I went to and I was looking at is uh, Flurn. There's a photographer there, Stephen Harker, who compares the Z7 EOS R and A7R3. And some of his quick points, uh, better resolution, Nikon, lighter weight, Sony. Again, that's by tenths of an ounce. Smaller size, Sony. Now, that is true. The, smaller is, the Sony is smaller. But again, from what I've read, people prefer the ergonomics of the uh, Nikon between the three. Of course, that's personal. You may not. Um, autofocus, Canon has 10 times focus points, obviously. Again, that's on paper. Again, I don't know how this is going to work in real life. And I, don't, I wouldn't let that dissuade you from purchasing the Sony or the, or the Nikon for that matter. Um, better video is Nikon. Um, you know, Canon again because of that crop factor. Uh, burst shooting Sony, I think that's, um, I think that was 10 frames per second on the Sony. It's down over here. Yeah, the Sony a7R3 is 10 frames per second. The Nikon Z7 is 9. The Canon EOS R is 8. And going by memory again, I believe that the Z6 is 12. So the Z6, again, because that's a smaller megapixel camera, the file's going to be smaller. So you could shoot uh, more frames per second with that camera compared to the Nikon Z7 and even the, the other two as well. So spec-wise... You know, it depends, too, what kind. You may not shoot in continuous mode ever, so that doesn't matter to you. Uh, EVF viewfinder, I heard that all the viewfinders are beautiful. They work, they look great, uh, very resolute. Uh, battery life, Sony, storage, I mentioned. Um, and, you know, I, I, I could go on and on with the comparison. I have another website here, DxOMark. Uh, they, again, uh, talk about the Sony mirrorless. More, this is more in general. Some of the advantages. Let's talk about specifically more advantages of mirrorless systems. Um, they mention no mirror vibration. For a start, mirrorless cameras, so obviously there's no mirror to like, move up out of the way. So you're going to remove that vibration. And this, of course, is very important to photographers where they're shooting probably on a tripod. And they're shooting subjects, you know, like macro subjects and things that even the little bit tiniest, lightest movement is going to cause an issue. So the mirrorless system is better because of that mirror vibration issue. Another advantage they list is zero shutter lag and silent shutters. I'm just going to read this so you can understand what they're talking about here. In combination with an electronic shutter, no mirror also means that cameras can achieve true zero shutter lag with buffering technologies similar to the ones already used in some smartphones even negative shutter lag is possible that is the camera records images even before the photographer presses the shutter button in real terms this means that multi-frame stacking features such as high dynamic range temporal noise reduction and focus stacking 
can stack and merge frames that were captured before, during, and after pressing the sh shutter, achieving better results. The type of real-time stacking is already widely implemented in high-end smartphones, but is not yet available in the current generation of mirrorless cameras. Thanks to electronic shutters, many mirrorless cameras can also shoot completely silently. This means that you can take photographs with a mirrorless camera in places like the tee of a golf tournament where a DSLR shutter sound would disturb the players. I mean, that's obvious there. I mean, when you're shooting a DSLR, the mirror has to go somewhere. So it moves the mirror up out of the way. And usually that does, you know, a clink clank sound as it moves up. Then the shutter opens to expose the scene. Shutter closes. Mirror drops back down to where it was. All that takes time. There's lag involved. So in most situations, or many situations, a mirrorless camera would be a better choice. Especially if you're out street shooting, let's say, and you're looking for that decisive moment, you could probably better capture that decisive moment with a mirrorless camera because of that shutter lag and lack of shutter lag in the mirrorless system. And of course, silent shutters were in that situation work well too. People don't notice it, don't notice you taking their picture. They don't hear that click clank. Global shutters. Currently, mirrorless cameras use a combination of mechanical shutters and electronic rolling shutters, with the latter used for silent shooting or when shutter speeds are required that are not offered by the mechanical shutters. But electronic rolling shutters have some disadvantages too, since the sensor, sensor captures the image line by line, images of moving subjects can show de deformation and light banding under certain light sources. And I've found this, I've um, shot with my Fuji mirrorless systems with the electronic shutter. And if you have something moving in the image, it tends to get bent. It's because there, it's not, the sensor isn't capturing the scene all at once. It's scanning the sensor, um, I believe from top to bottom, line by line. So by the time it's scanned, the last line, when compared to the first line, there's a delay there so that if anything moved through the scene or is moving in the scene, it gets bent because of that. Global shutters do away with these issues and would therefore reduce the need for the mechanical shutter. They are also easier for flash syncing and eliminate the jello effect during video recording. Uh, global shutters are uh, already comp commonplace in the high-end smartphones but are not yet found on full-frame mirrorless cameras. So uh, both global shutters and a lot of the zero lag features I've mentioned aren't yet available in mirrorless cameras, but you're going to see those coming out in the system, in the future, I mean, for those systems. And they'll never be available be for the DSLRs because they just can't use them. Um, and it talks about smaller camera systems, which I already talked about. On-sensor autofocus, which is a little more uh, technical than I want to get into in this discussion. But in some ways, on-sensor autofocus uh, focus systems should work in the future especially better than the split system that is in a DSLR where it takes and kind of splits the light coming in to hit a separate sensor for autofocus compared to just doing it right on the original the image sensor itself. Um, 
Electronic viewfinders, a lot of ways are superior. That's come a long way, that technology. Early on in mirrorless technology, I didn't like the EVF uh, electronic viewfinders. They seemed to lag a little bit and blurred a little bit. I didn't like those at all. Like the new ones work great. And then it goes on in this article from uh, DxO Mark talking about the Sony full-frame mirrorless, why they're a pioneer, what they have available. It talks about the A7 III and the Tony 8, Sony A9. Then it talks about the Nikon Z6, Z7, the Canon EOS R. And then it talks about uh, Panasonic's new cameras, which should be out in early of 2019, the Lumix S1R and the S1, which again are full-frame mirrorless cameras. And it talks a very few paragraphs here on the future of mirrorless. Again, these links will be in the show notes. So really, I'm not sure why there's a debate. The future is mirrorless. And again, for many of you, the future is now. Um, I believe um, I'll be probably within five years, probably be almost fully in mirrorless. Um, I could see it happening. Again, if you don't have money invested in a system already and you are trying to choose between a sony camera um nikon camera or a canon camera and we're talking about full frame here i definitely would say right now go with sony a lot more lenses to choose from mainly uh, that's why you'd want to go with sony there are some features that it has the dual uh, memory cards um, i'm not going to get in the debate about you know the autofocus system and how it the resolution at the edges of the frame because the autofocus system might not be as good as in the middle of the frame and how that's unique to Sony because the flange distance all that other stuff and the smaller size you know the the mount all that stuff. I'm not that's I I'm not even going to mention that because or get into that because in real world real life applications it's you're not going to see it you're not going to recognize it um being measured with a machine the machine might be able to see the difference but i don't think a human will so i'm not even going to get into that debate uh, they, mainly that debate is used by nikon and canon users just to hate on sony so i'm not even going to honor it with much more than what i just said so again go with Sony now. If you're like me and you have a lot of glass for Nikon, I would say you, you could buy the Z6 or Z7 now if that, you know, the one issue with the Z7 focusing isn't an issue for you for the type of photography you're doing. I mean, if you're shooting landscapes, that's not going to be an issue. Um, if you're a Canon user, I would wait. I don't think the Canon EOS R um, although the lenses that they have out now are, are nice, the few they have. I don't think the camera body itself, though, um, has distinguished itself enough to be something you should invest in right now. So if you could, if you own Canon, you know, and you like Canon menu systems, and you want to stay with Canon, um, I just wait for the next iteration of the EOS R system and see what they come up with next. Especially if you're a, a video shooter, the video is going to disappoint you with the EOS R because of that 1.7 crop factor. So um, again, those are my recommendations. Take them for what they're worth. Uh, 
again, I I think the competition is great. I think this uh, having these other two players and then you know next year having Panasonic in this full frame mirrorless um, marketplace is going to really help innovation and we're going to be seeing a lot more new features come through on the next iteration of all these cameras from all these manufacturers. So I look forward to that. Thank you for watching my podcast for the joy of photography. Remember, stop by my website, onlinephotographytraining.com. There you'll find all my latest videos and articles to help you improve your photography. That's it for now. I'll talk to you guys soon.